Hello and welcome to the return of the Court Games LCG Podcast with me, your host, the one host who never leaves you, Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Onimaro, joined here by my brand new co-host, Max Williams, also known as Whacked Mackie, or Mackie No Oni Online. You may know me from such other things as co-starring on this podcast in the past, The Table Is Yours, or even The Ninth Kami Podcast. I like that name, Whacked Mackie. Because every time I do it, I keep imagining it's like uh, the dad from King of the Hill saying, like, Whacked Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's see. Elephant in the room. Uh, my former co-host, uh, Sar, is no longer with us. Um, people might have some inclinations of why that might be. I'm not going to go into it right now just because I feel it would be improper uh, to talk about such things while he's not around. But, this, uh, like, I have talked to him. I talk to him, actually, several times a week. So, me and him still talk frequently. Uh, but there's a number of factors that have gone into uh, him no longer being a proper fit for this podcast. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say for on this matter. Uh, feel free to speculate it all you want to. Um, I'm not going to go into any more stuff. I am going to talk to you about my... So Okay, so, Max... You're now my co-host. That I am. That means I can no longer ride your coattails for legitimacy whenever I'm on this podcast talking about leech strategies. Because <laughs> I'll just sit here and stuff like, well, I had this idea. And you know what? My buddy Max agrees with me. He's a Hatamoto, you know. <laughs> now nah, you can still do it. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Sweet. <laughs> just riding these coattails to victory. Um, we, you know, we introduced you to a little bit before when you, when you were a guest host. Tell the people your gaming history and L5R history. What are you about? So, I mean, I've played a myriad of games throughout my life, from uh, starting with video games as a kid. I've played role-playing games, tabletop miniatures games, and plenty of card games. Being introduced through card games, through everybody's favorite card game, Magic the Gathering, of course. Uh, before eventually I went off to the land of college and met somebody that people listening may know, uh, which is Robert Croy. I know that guy. Uh, yeah, he's been around. He He's also part of several productions in the environment of L5R. As are we. Uh, yes, and he's the one who introduced me to old 5R. Uh, at college, and I got into it just in time for the game to up and die, which was great. Uh, but I enjoyed it for the short time it was around. And when when New 5R came out, I actually didn't think I was going to get it, because I was a spider player in the old game, and they weren't in here anymore, and uh, part of what drew me in was I actually really liked the lore for the spider, despite everybody hating it generally. As somebody who came in after all of it happened, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, but through the pressure of Croy and other people who I knew from college who played the game, I decided to try it out. And uh, I'm the only one who still plays it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, uh, I'm the one who got Croy into L5R. So we've gone full circle. Okay, actually, no. Yeah. Let me let me clarify. He's actually he's actually he's been a, a fan of L five R on his own for quite a while. But there was a period when he was um, near the end of the game's life, obviously, where he had taken a long hiatus and was starting to get back into it. And he was trying to start up some 
things in the Port Huron scene, and I happened to be moving, living up there at that time, and I came in there, uh, and I, like, since I got out of the Navy in 2009, I've been playing L5R hardcore and stuff, so they're like, hey, would you guys like to play a game? Sure, can you show me some things about L5R? I would love to, just dueled everyone in that <laughs> game store to death, like, and that's how you play L5R, enjoy! <laughs> But no, we did a we didn't uh, uh, have a good time. Um, I showed him some strats and got him like up to date on the new meta and stuff. There is a weird thing happening of where Michigan is a a weird hot spot for L five R individuals now. Yeah, we we need to get more people from Michigan to travel to events, but we have a lot of local players. Yeah, I've said that before, where, like, our group is rather competitive and good at the game. Uh, they just don't have the time, like me and you do, to make it out to various events, and it feels bad. Um, yeah. And it makes me wonder how many local metas have, like, some killers at their tables who, for various life circumstances, can't make it out to, the, to these events. They could, like, really shake things up if, like, there was more co-ties and events to go to. After the apocalypse, of course. Of course. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's been an event. I've, I've really enjoyed the game as it is. I Many of you know I'm a Crab Hatamoto, being crowned King Crab, basically, for last year. Uh, but... Again, part of that comes to, I go to lots of events, and a lot of people are stuck at home with things like families and responsibilities, like a bunch of losers. Come on, people. Gaming is where it's at. <laughs> Why can't you be unloved like me and Max are? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, boy, that, that, that 2020 depression hitting real hard, isn't it? <laughs> so... Uh, I've just, one of the things that's been really weird for me with all of, you know, the pandemic and quarantine, uh, every year I get two weeks of vacation and I take all of it every year traveling to tournaments. And this year I just have nothing to do with two weeks of vacation. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you feel because I've been also in that similar situation and I find myself just like, you know what, today's a Thursday. I don't feel like going to work today. I'd rather just lie in my bed and stare at the ceiling for several hours. Yep, I, I've, I've considered just. I, I took a random Monday off because I felt like it. You know, I've considered just. Do I, do I just want to be like, you know what? Wednesday is a day that just kind of sucks. I'm taking the next nine Wednesdays off. You know. <laughs> Speaking of Wednesday, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, which is supposed to be our local scene night, our local in-person game, which is up being canceled for uh, corona reasons and stuff. Uh, hopefully we get the crew back together when everything starts, but uh, what I'm more interested in is, like, you are, if it hasn't been painfully clear, you are local. So yes. uh, no more, what many podcasts have to do is play this, like, time zone searching thing. Where I was doing it the other day where one player was in California, I'm here in Michigan, one's in London, so I had to make like a staggered time chart to get yep. us all together and stuff. Like, I can, depending on traffic, I could be at your house in like 20 minutes if I really felt like it. Yeah. When, I, when we were doing the ninth Kami, one of the people lived in California, and it... Like, we would record at, like, 10, 11 a.m. our time, but he would have to, like, wake up at 6 to record with us. 
So, which is the primary reason why Finbar ended up stepping away from the podcast, and I think most people know. It's I mean, Finbar get along great, uh, but yeah, the only times it would work out were he was often hitting the start and record at like 10 p.m. his time, and he had to be up early for work. Uh, but he did like let's talk about L5R, so you notice he started getting rambly as the episode went on, and just made less and less sense. It's like tell Mike Finbar go to bed. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but hopefully, like, the time difference should be much better. But then, you just pointed out, we've got to divide our attention between, like, several different podcasts each. Yep. So now we're yep. both here on the Court Games LCG. Uh, we both help our good friend uh, Robert Croy over on The Table is Yours, you more so than I do. Um, you have the ninth comedy podcast... Yep, that one's been on hold for a little while, though, simply because as a podcast focus on community building and tournaments, there hasn't been anything to talk about. Oh, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the feeling because when you mentioned that, I was like, hey, wait a second, my podcast is about uh, community building and tournaments, but <laughs> you, you, you built your podcast assuming that was a void in the community that wasn't being filled, which is like, oh no. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> but now you're here, so now you've got double community. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. We'll see if the ninth comedy starts back up when the world stops ending. You never know. But one thing's absolutely cer certain is that we need to find more to talk about now, other than strictly LCG news, because LCG largely isn't happening unless it's online. Yeah. Uh, which. Um, Speaking of which, I guess we could just uh, roll into, we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, so we haven't really been playing either. I've just taken kind of like a break because uh, for me, it's if I'm not preparing for a tournament, I lose motivation and there's no in-person Kotai coming for a while. Um, I don't know if that's the same for you, but you also don't enjoy Jigoku at all, do you? That's correct. I just don't like the interface for it. I find it awkward to use. And a large part of playing games for me is interacting with people. I love talking with people, friends, enemies, whatever, when playing games. And Jigoku just doesn't offer that. Um, I... Exactly. So, I've just been playing other games with friends lately i've been way too deep into league of legends the toxic salt pit that that game is uh, uh yeah it's it's well known for being the most toxic of video games for a reason um but it yeah it you know but i i play it with friends regularly we have voice comms we talk we chat it's for fun and while I really enjoy playing for tournaments for, like, L5R, what I really play for is to play with people and to have fun with the game. And I just don't get that on Jigoku. I don't... Clicking the buttons just doesn't do it for me the same. That's fair. Um, I think, well, I can understand anyone who doesn't enjoy Jigoku because of various reasons. It's not the best, but... One, I think since its inception, it has been like the lifeblood of the L5R community because, as we mentioned, like there's not always like a, a wealth of co-ties in major events, and yeah. especially right now, there's none. So it's always been a great time to go on and like 
play games. Like, it doesn't matter if it's like two in the morning. You want to and you have a crazy idea, you can like slap some cards together and go test out your theories really quick and stuff. Huge boon to the community in that way. Also, if anyone who is like an older player, we had these other service things, which was like you'd have to hang out in a chat room that like barely anyone was in. You just have to organize it and then coordinate a voice program and then like do this whole thing where you're like uh following ip addresses to get to the freaking server and stuff it was a it was a chore and a half (laughs) yep i remember doing that a couple times Uh, i don't i think jagoku is great for the community even right now it looks like there are it says 12 games running but i only see six with people in them um but i mean that's you know that's 12 people online playing the game right now and having fun, whereas without it, nobody would be. Oh, absolutely. And one thing to do is we can figure out what the meta still kind of is and get incredibly salty about that, which will be our main topic for the night. So get stoked about that, folks. <laughs> yeah. But I, I will say, to, to kind of summarize this, me and Trevor may be a little bit behind on the meta at the moment. <laughs> Well, I've actually played a few games, so this is one of those times where I actually have am the expert on you today. Okay. <laughs> Trevor will uh Trevor is an expert on all things L5R related. If you have any meta questions, uh f- please reach out to him. <laughs> Mac is riding my coattails today. <laughs> I'm the Hatamoto. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh for things that actually are going online, we do have Discord with us, and with Discord we have some individuals doing some online events. So uh, even though I have this upside down in the order and stuff, I want to say Discord League is still going strong. It is on week 28, I want to say. And they are halfway through it right now. Um, and this thing's chucking along. Um, I'm, I hate to softball and say, like, oh, there's nothing new to report. But uh, if you want to have like a consistent tournament feel, that's always a great place to go. Uh, on the Discord channel, if you head down to uh, get access to the Discord League, League Announcements will tell you exactly when they are signing up for their new uh, brackets. They have gold and silver brackets depending on your qualification level. Do you know what the difference between those two are? I can't say I do right offhand, I'm afraid. I should have looked that up before bringing it up. <laughs> I'm going to guess that gold is probably for the people who have proven themselves at tournaments or in the Discord room before, and silver is for the newer players. Which should be good. It's something I always uh, felt salty about, because you'd have some people who would get potted up in the old Discord league with like several newer players and stuff, and basically sleep their way to victory and stuff. And then some of us would just get locked into a, a Thunderdome with hyper-elite killer players, and everyone's scrapping for one single point, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see, um, other than that, um, the LLO, the London Legion Online, is still happening semi-regularly, I believe that they happen every month or every other month, uh, you can check out their, um, the announcement under League Media whenever they're having, uh, new updates and other, uh, if you also go to the online tourneys channel on the Discord, they will post there when they're having one right now. Ironically, they're having signups for LLO number eight this weekend. So by the time you hear this, because they edit on Sunday and post on Monday, it will, you've already missed it. So <laughs> keep a, keep update 
so if you want to find out when the num- number nine is, which should be happening sometime in October. Yep. And then Clan War, uh, Anil and some of his folks uh, started the uh, uh, Clan War tournament that's been going on on Facebook, which uh, cards on the table I've been ignoring. Not ignoring as in like it's been, like it's more of um because I wasn't really paying attention to L5R, wasn't really paying attention to what was going on over there. It sounded great. Uh, Max, do you know what's going on with that? You know a little bit more. So I believe what the Clan War is, is we have uh, eight teams who all got together uh, under Clan Leaders. Uh, We have the Rokugani Mad Dogs, Mines Attire, the Beef Crew, the Crazy Cat's Eyes JMR Fan Club, Team Tanuki Spirit, the Handsome Dan Modeling School, No Pineapple on Pizza, and No Pain, No Gain. And it was up to the leaders of these various clans to recruit three people per clan in the game onto the teams. And then each each of the clans within there is required to... So let's say you have three crab players, right? Each of the crab players has to have a different role and a different splash. It is then... The games are played... I'm not sure exactly how the drafting is. I don't know if it's randomly seated or what. But they're they're assigned against another team each round. I don't know if it's a week or two weeks. Probably two. And... Then they play their game, and their the goal is to win. If you win the game, you get points for your team. If you lose, you don't get any points for your team. But it's it's not as much about winning or losing as it is about interacting with the other people on your team and having you know, building new friendships and such. Because everybody on a team is able to help each other out. You're able to talk during your games and interact and all that stuff. So, so I see a fatal flaw with this team structure. So there's eight teams, right? Yep. And each team has three players of each clan, right? Yep. That means, hypothetically, this tournament contains up to 24 dragon players. But I don't believe 24 dragon players exist <laughs> in this game. <laughs> so That's fair. This is all lies. <laughs> you need to go through and find which of these dragon players are the liars. <laughs> Who's on multiple teams? Just go through the list of, like, who, who are the saddest players going, like, well, I've got a bunch of swords. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, and, you know, I'm, if you're coming here, I doubt you're going to, like, we're going to be the first places you've heard of any of these things. But I just want to put a shout out that these are things, if you're looking for that human interaction, there are ways to go out and play L5R from the safety of your own laptop or computer or tablet. I had a friend try to. I, I was teaching him how to play L5R. Try to load it up on a tablet and got really frustrated that like, oh, you really need a mouse <laughs> to yes. play this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on to news. Speaking of news, since uh, we're by the time we're recording this and getting back to the swing of things, you already know what's going on and stuff. But the restricted list, it's on its way back. Um, it's going to be here either at the end of this month or early next month, one of the two. So near the end of September, early October, we should expect to get that thing going on. And Tyler's already talked about, uh, he said openly when he, uh, I posted this thing on Twitter that, oh, the five 
the most powerful cards in the format that kind of like everyone's talking about are most likely going to get uh, addressed in some way in this update. So we'll see what's going on. Uh, what do you think is going to get hit? Also, a person who has not paid attention to this meta. <laughs> well, I know that the card that everybody and their uh, mother dog and, what, let's say, Mountain Tuna has been talking about is Lost Papers. Uh, Lost Papers is a card that every deck runs, and there's no reason for it not to go in every single deck as a neutral card. I know that we also have... Uh, the Crab Berserker Man, whose name I don't remember right now. Uh, Butcher of the Fallen, I believe? Yes, the Butcher of the Fallen. Am I citing Crab cards to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's dishonor. Anyway. Uh, but the Butcher of the Fallen is a card that is long uh, irritated players because it can be very difficult to play against. So people are expect uh, maybe expecting something to happen to that. Uh, another card I know that people are like, this card isn't even, like, out yet, but you know what? Stoke Insurrection is a hell of a card. Yeah, well, that card is out now. It just was, uh, by, uh, it, it's legally a product, and it came out on uh, Jigoku. So, yeah, Stoke yeah. came out and almost immediately uh, proved to be an issue. And I am sure that there are also many players who would like to see something happen to the Lion Honor archetype. Uh, in general, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of factors in there. I don't think I can't think yeah. of a single card that would take that one down. Yep. So I'm not sure what exactly would happen to that deck, but I know that it's been kind of a thorn in people's side for a while now. Yeah, I just read um Ebbsu's blessing. <laughs> Easy peasy, problem solved. <laughs> See, what you do is you just ban all the lion strongholds. <laughs> They're not going to ban uh, City of the Open Hand. They're not going to ban all the lion strongholds. <laughs> so okay, You buff City of the Open Hand so that it's better against lions. There you go, problem solved. <laughs> we also have Contested Countryside, which is a holding that allows you to trigger... Your opponent's holding, which a lot of people are having issue with, because it's the holdings or or not holdings provinces. It's a holding that yeah. triggers the opponent's province, um, and that makes some of the provinces unplayable because, geez, you do not want this played against you, or you don't want it to be double tapped, or you don't want it to be traded. Um, that leaves us with some weird options where, like the. Province, it's unclear where they want provinces to be or where they want the strength of provinces to be because provinces either tend to be really good or hot garbage. And there's not really a whole lot of in-between. Yeah, and provinces have also long been a hot-button issue of the community where some clans have a way better provinces than other clans, generally. And, you know, there's a there were times during the game's history, like, 2018 worlds where playing against dragon was did i hit the wrong province if so i might have lost the game and i don't know if contested countryside is supposed to be like an answer to that because as of course as soon as it came out everybody started complaining about it but on the flip side people have been complaining about overpowered provinces for a long time as well 
So. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if this one does not get addressed because um, I think it's wanted in the game uh, from a design aspect. Uh, although, if it's, if it's supposed to be prolific, one, um, I don't know why it would be Keeper only because it's so popular it's making, like, Seeker... It's one of the many reasons why Seeker is becoming, like, not used at all anymore. Yeah, especially because you choose Seeker largely for the effects of the provinces. And so I don't know uh, what that's going to end up being. Um, there's also some rumors of cards that are, as we talked about earlier, about cards that are not out yet. Uh, wondering if the upcoming Kachiko card is going to get preemptively banned, like, right before she comes out, or nerfed or restricted or something. Are you familiar with this one? That's the one that lets you play events from your opponent's discard pile, correct? Uh, a lot of us were saying, like, because the way that these card spoilers are going right now, I actually don't know if it's been officially spoiled or not, so I don't want to go too hard into what Kachiko is or does, but now it's... Let's take a look at the spoiler channel and see if she's in there. Because if she is, we can talk about her. I mean, it's not like the, the yeah. FFG vegan police are going to come and take our yes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, as a general, uh, as a gentleman's agreement with FFG, um, that's a kind of a gender term, gender agreement. Anyway, not to get up too much on that soapbox just yet. Uh, we try to avoid talking about things that have not hit a street date, but you know, with uh, various packs get spoiled and shared online, it's very easy to not even like go out and find, but like end up coming across various. Spoilers for cards that have not come out yet and stuff. And Kachiko is one of the ones that got, like, it's been floating around. She's kind of known if you're, you know, friends enough with enough people to know who has these cards. Um, and she's kind of a problem. And people are just like, why? Why this? Why this game? Why always Scorpion getting severely overpowered cards? Hmm. Yep. And that's ironically... It's a good segue into our main topic, uh, Stoked Insurrection, which we kind of talked about a second ago. What do you I feel will about? throw out one last thought about Lost Papers and Contested Countryside, though, which is that part of the reason they feel absolutely nonsensical is that they just have Rally tacked onto them. Yeah. The, the cards would have been fine without Rally. They would have still been playable but rally is just a hell of a keyword. Rally is a keyword that will make a bad card playable and will make a good card a mandatory 3x in your deck. Yep. Um, take it or leave it there. Also, yeah. just, like, Lost Papers is kind of weird because it's so all over the place. Like, you're just rolling dice. Like, I, I, how are you supposed to, air quotes, play around it? Not fading yeah. characters very well. That doesn't seem to be good for the math of the game. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a silly card that answers problems that may not have needed answering. I mean, if the question is, hey, I don't... If I'm the designer, if I'm Tyler, and I'm saying there's a lot of these cards going on where they're putting like four or five fade onto a character and then towering it up and stuff, and I was like, oh, I want to hurt that a little bit and stuff that's one thing but if the intended solution is like so the average thing if you have a card that's 
three fate, a character that's three fate, common knowledge is you want to put at minimum two fate on that character, most likely three or four, uh, to really get a lot of like mileage out of that one character. Uh, yep. Um. So you can just have like a standard cost character. Like if your most generic buy strategy is having to buy one character with that costs one and put zero fate on them, and buy a three coster with two or three fate on them, that's a pretty standard play. If Lost Papers flips up and like bows that thing or bows them on the second turn, well, that's just a huge loss of investment, and your pants are completely down, and you're gonna get worked over. Uh, by the you're completely like nerfed <laughs> line now. Yeah. See what you do is turn one. You just buy a one cost character with six fate, and you just hope they're not playing assassination. Oh yeah. I would actually like for a lot of these cards that are going on right now, like developing into a low board strategy of getting a lot of like one and two drop characters and then swarming on the board with it would be like a way to play around some of these things. But not every clan can do that. Really, only Lion and Crab can do that, and they can't even do that very well these days. Yeah, and the thing is, is that even if every clan could do it, the zero cost of having these cards in your deck means that people who wanted to do something different uh, just couldn't do it. It's kind of why the Crab... A holding deck never took out off because even though people wanted to like play the wall deck there are just all these random counters that exist to it that just kind of stop it i remember the crab chat was lamenting hard or just after you guys got your your clan pack which had the start of all this wall cards and yeah. all functionalities like the first thing they promoted for the new cycle was going to be hey a season of war just completely wipe a dynasty and refill yep. things and stuff which destroys any kind of like reliance that you want to have on any kind of holding yep and you know that that i can understand that getting caught in the crossfire but like somebody wanting to play a tower should not be something that gets accidentally caught in the crossfire yeah um, unsure what's going to happen about that one. Um, again, those are just like a general, well, no, actually, I think dedicating a whole episode to those things are, uh, perfectly fine, but those conversations have happened already in other places, you know, <laughs> yeah. and coming here, what's the talk of the town? Stoke Insurrection. Um, this is a four cost event, air quotes, uh, where you can reduce the cost of this card by two if your opponent has four or more face-down cards in their province. It's a scorpion event, by the way. Uh, action, during conflict, reveal each face-down card in your opponent's provinces. Then, choose up to two characters in their provinces, put those characters into play, and then the conflict under your control. And it is only three influence. <laughs> only three influence. <laughs> uh, this card is a problem. That's putting it mildly. Um, one thing to understand, like, uh, because people were, when they first glanced at it and didn't really look at it and think about it for more than a second, they saw the four, they saw all the stuff that's going on there. And, you know, Scorpion, to be fair, has a couple of these cards that are, like, kind of high cost and kind of move some people around that we don't really bother with because they don't really add up to much. This one is slightly different because it generates way more value 
that it's cost even at four. Yep. Because unless your opponent has nothing but one drops and or holdings, this thing, even if you pay it full cost at four, is getting you equal value if you buy two two costers, minimum. <laughs> yep. So if you buy a three or a four or a champion, it's just getting more and more ridiculous as it goes. Yeah, and let's say that you're playing against your Scorpion opponent and they might be on a fate worse than death. And so you decide, well, I'm not going to buy my clan champion this round. And then they attack you with a dinky idiot and all of a sudden stoke insurrection. Hey, look, Akoto Totori is attacking you now. Uh, yes, I will take this air ring twice. So you get... It punishes you for not buying high-cost characters, but Scorpion punishes you for buying high-cost characters, so... Yep! Kind of a, a catch-22 of playing against Scorpion now. And that's just if they pay four. They can also just pay two, which sounds like, how is that going to go? Well, fortunately, Scorpion has this card called Governor's Spy, or what, what, Governor's what now? That's, nope, I was right. Governor's Spy. Uh, a three-cost who has an action of during a conflict, just choose your opponent, flip all the provinces face down, look at them, put them in order you want to, and then just leave them that way. So with this quick combo, you can reduce the cost there to two every round, depending on how long this character stays in play, uh, to get even more value out of this card. Yep. Um, then we have the issue of the numbers. So let's, let's imagine we're in a world where char char characters do not have abilities on them. If I just bought two large bodies for, you know, this relatively little money, even if it says four cost, um, that's basically the end of the battle right there, because who is going to invest a number of cards and fate and other resources trying to make up the balance of having two beefy characters suddenly appear on the battlefield? Um, just trying to win the battle that those characters have appeared in alone is already like a, like, <laughs> you will lose the long game if you try to invest those kind of resources. Yep. One of the reasons why the, like, the Scorpion players find the card so fun is because you never know what wacky combination of character abilities are going to show up when they flip over. Like, oh, wow, this character's got this ability and this ability. Neat! So they just get to play their own little mini-game of, like, what kind of random synergy that I just developed out of nowhere. Yep. Let's say you're playing against a crab opponent, you just happen to flip up, you know, Steadfast Witch Hunter to go with something. All of a sudden, hey, not only did you get two free characters, but you got another conflict out of it, too. Right? Like... Oh yeah, that's uh, and everything. I, weird. There are a bunch of things you could do with this card that, and as if everything we just mentioned wasn't enough, the final nail on the button—that's not a saying. Nail on the button. Anyway, uh, the final stinger on this <laughs> one is that most scorpions are running Kuden Bayushi right now, and it's also very easy for scorpions to dishonor their own characters. So not only have they just built this thing that has won the battle generated other value depending on what wacky abilities are over there and stuff if they get that one of those characters dishonored um now they can attack you with your own character yep the fact that the characters remain in play hmm. uh one of the first people to 
cite a problem with this card where unicorns going like, alright, I just lost the game basically on turn one or two because Chagatai just destroyed all of my provinces. Yep. <laughs> this is an issue. Yes. I, I, I could see them maybe going for an errata on this card where the characters leave play after the fight. Um, but Tyler said he doesn't like going for errata if he doesn't have to, so we could just see the card eat a restricted list or a ban right off the bat. Because even if they leave play, the card is still ridiculously valuable. It's a four-cost win-the-fight button, and often two-cost win-the-fight button. Yeah, uh, to the point where Scorpion right now is becoming, not the most, but a very popular Splash clan right now. Because Scorpion just inherently has very strong cards, and if you are worried... Like, most people go to Dragon because of Letgo, even though it's becoming a lot less true these days. Uh, you go to Dragon, or you go to Scorpion, you still have, uh, what you call it, um, calling in favors to steal an attachment, which sometimes could be very devastating. Look at you, Talisman of the Sun. Yep. Um, and then throwing in one or two of these cards in there, just because, like, yeah, if it just shows up randomly, that's just major value instantly. Yep. No other card that you can splash in the game reads win the fight just automatically uh so like people the community alfavar as a people us nerds uh we have a habit of calling saying the sky is falling and saying oh my god this is completely overpowered what's gonna happen this is completely unfair everyone should be banned ban everyone forever what's going on here and stuff often that's kind of ridiculous like i remember when people were saying that about game of sedane <laughs> Yep. Uh, this one might not be, um, it might be appropriate to say the sky is falling with this one. Just because, like, what do you, th like, I can't think of a good way to play around it. The strongest way, uh, play around for this card is just to cancel it. Or build a deck that the dynasty is entirely made up of one drops and holdings. Yeah. And then you're just losing because you text it. Yeah, you shouldn't have to build. You shouldn't have to build your entire deck to counter Scorpion when there are seven clans. And cancels are few and far between, and very situational. Especially if you're playing against Scorpion, who has all the cancels. Pretty much all of the cancels don't work. You can rarely defend your honor against Scorpion because they have all these dash politicals. If you're trying to have a voice of honor, well, they they just say no honor allowed, dishonor upon your entire family. So it can be very difficult to do anything. And yeah, they might just throw a cancel back at your face. So. And, you know, the, the weakness of this card being for cost, I mean, a fate worse than death when it was spoiled, a bunch of people were like, oh, that costs four, it can't do anything. And it was the same thing for Consumed by Five Fires. And it turns out that that was just not the case. Those those cards, while expensive, uh, were game-changing, and this card is arguably more game-changing than either of those two. That's also a, a, a factor where... Scorpion have these weird problems where so most clans have these holes you're supposed to jump through they're supposed to be synergistic and um descriptive of what your clan's about 
Uh, the Scorpion are the only ones who really seem to nail the idea of this is a negative in any other clan, but a huge positive in mine. Like, their ability to lose their own honor supercharges a lot of their cards that work under a honor threshold. Um, this one, they also have a their ga standard game plan is buying cheap guys and having a pile of money and a bunch of cards in their hand to play what they need as they need. So four is kind of like not a lot of money to a scorpion. At the very least, it's not as much money as someone who wants to splash this one and try to play it as well. If you're like a, a unicorn, um, you know, you've only got so much money lying around and you're trying to play your cav reserves, you know, you can't afford to do this and that. Yep. Scorpion will play two of these if they could. Actually, they can. <laughs> yeah. They'll throw out three of them at you in a turn. Why not? I mean, they won't just by virtue of, like, once you play it once, you've won not only the conflict you're in right now, potentially the next conflict you're in, too. Yeah. <laughs> just for nothing. Yeah. I just, honestly, like, I just hope it's banned. Very simple. I hope yeah, it yeah. goes away. I don't, I think it's, I think it was a mistake. Um, there is an instance of, so, we, everyone said it many times before, where Scorpion seems to be playing a slightly different game plan than everybody else, and they're a little bit, uh, overpowered because of that. Um, not necessarily true, but there is something to be said where this cycle was theoretically designed with the mind that we were going to be rotating cards for a while. So, much like forgery the new scorpion cancel that are running right now this seems a lot like um if forgery is forged edict 2.0 this seems a lot like fate worse than death 2.0 yep but we didn't cycle the cards we're still continuing this uh the rotation and now we just have double dipping of huge power spikes in scorpion clan the what the clan that needs it the least sorry dragons and I, I will say I believe Tyler has confirmed that yes, this cycle was designed with rotation in mind. So that is definitely a factor in some of the cards we've talked about because there there would probably be much much less problematic cards around here if certain combos didn't exist, but they do, and so we have to live in the world where we deal with that. I would also like to shout out at this point that in the uh, L5R Discord, uh, Tyler has very graciously opened up a channel for LCG feedback, where uh, you are able to post things for feedback on the game, and while he may not respond to everything, he has said that he will at least do his best to read everything posted there. Now, this is not a go and complain about the current state of the game channel. This is for if you have honest feedback and questions on the game. You know, he doesn't want to go in there and have people say, well, Spoken Surrection is dumb. How When are you going to ban it? If you want to talk about it, you can look at things, you know, ask him questions about what led to it and things like that and how we got to the card. And he might answer. But... Uh, it's a heavily moderated channel. It's watched by all of the moderators. And to even get into the channel, you must ask and be approved by one of the moderators of the server. But if it if you haven't heard of the channel yet and you feel like it's something that 
uh, you could contribute to or that you would like to be a part of, even if it's just reading the questions and answers that happen, uh, I would look into that on the L5R Discord. It's not even a he might answer and stuff. He's actually been pretty good at... He's, not, he's definitely not answering everyone. But he is answering quite a number of people. And he's giving very um, clear answers to the questions that he can and is willing to answer right now. Like, most of the feedbacks that he's answered are usually, like, two or three paragraphs to answer a question. So, And in return, a lot of people are having, like, very well-worded questions about what they're trying to do. So um, I would also say that if you do wish to hop in there and ask a question, uh, keep in mind sometimes the feedback goes there. Like the people who follow these things will realize what questions are being asked a lot, what, how are they being asked, uh, things of that nature. So um, if you have any concerns, I'd encourage you to go over there, ask some questions, um, even if it doesn't get answered, it will send the message that, oh, hey, this is something that's on the players' minds right now. So it's good feedback, even if no one ever gets back to you on there. Yep. But again, keep in mind that this is for constructive questions and constructive criticism and feedback specifically related to the living card game of L5R. I bet you if you asked him about something about Halo, he would answer. <laughs> <laughs> entirely possible because uh, no uh very so l5r twitter does not as hangs out on facebook they don't hang out on twitter very often tyler hangs out on twitter way more than facebook and i started got, uh, hanging out on twitter just so i could follow tyler and katrina and other people from fantasy flight um and the, tyler loves halo like crazy he's like mm -hmm. posting about it like every other day <laughs> yep I have I've begun following him on there as well and it is he talks about it a lot. <laughs> Ask him what Medikit Bias would think about <laughs> Stoked Insurrection in my answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um So that was talking about Stoked Insurrection. Um, it's probably going to be old news by the time we get this thing out, but very recently, by I mean yesterday, no, two days ago, yep. as of this recording, we did get a preview into the second pack of the Temptation Cycle. Uh, the cards there are almost less interesting in the, than the new keyword that's announced, Dire. What do you think about yes, However, dire? this is quite clearly the best pack to have been designed in the game so far. Uh, I say that with absolutely no bias towards any particular faction or allegiance. Oh, I forgot the other thing that's got to put in this pack. <laughs> All right, so two things got to answer that. Tahoe, uh, Tahoe, uh, Dyer, uh, which is a, let's start, talk about Dyer real quick. So Dyer is a keyword that triggers when your character has zero fate on it. Um, I like the concept. Um, but we're seeing something where, and I've seen, like, we've done this song and dance before where they will announce a cool keyword and to avoid it being really powerful, I'm not quite yet seeing some very compelling reasons to do it. 
Like, hey, I've got this uh, Phoenix Shugenja who costs four. So remember we were talking earlier, people, about if I got some of four, I want to put three or four fate on that character just to stick around. But for four fate, I'm getting a three, three, two glory character um, that increases or decreases province strength by three uh, as long as it's an earth conflict. That alone is not very useful. Um, the Dire is kind of interesting, where this character would get uh, plus three political. This character is called Steward of Cryptic Lore, by the way. Phoenix uh, Shugenja Earth Scholar. Um, so now we have a four, four, three, six, two glory, doing the same thing. That's a huge political powerhouse. But what are they doing the rest of the time they're on the board? Not a whole lot, right? Yeah. And compared to the existence of many five-cost characters with six in stats that you can keep alive, this four-cost character that you have to kill to get its effect, basically, seems not amazing. Now, alternatively, we could start playing a game where you could do things like um, buy this character for zero and then start playing Reprieve on them. A bunch to keep them around or good heavens look we're gonna start playing good omens is good omens gonna start making it back into the meta <laughs> um but then it becomes a question of like let's just look at reprieve am i going to want to waste a card from my hand let alone a very powerful card like reprieve just to get plus three political or some of these other abilities that are going on right now not really uh, we haven't seen, we have not seen all of the dire abilities yet, by far. Uh, but I really do hope, like, I like the idea of it. I kind of want to have something where, you know, I'm encouraged to bid low or uh, not put much fate on these characters to kind of, like, get neat effects out of them. But I'm not seeing it yet. And this is what happened to Composure. I think Composure was a really cool ability. Uh, the problem with Composure is none of the composure abilities were anywhere near powerful enough for me to consider like they never the, the basic litmus test is is this as good as a card and an honor that i would get if i just went and tried to bid four instead of five the answer is no none of them were that good at all <laughs> so if you can't be as at least as good as a card or an honor or if you can't be as good as like I mean, a dire would be it would be great on a one cost character because those guys are designed to die after one turn and stuff. Um, if these characters are like functionally threes and fours, that means like is dire worth an extra two or three fate uh, worth of ability? Hell no, nothing that we've seen so far is at least. Well, I think so. The unicorn card that was shown here, the Nim nimble Noyan. Three cost, four, one, Bushi Cavalry Commander, Keeper, Dire, while his characters participate in conflict, bowed participating characters contribute their skill. Um, for Unicorn, I could easily see buying this on a final push towards the Stronghold. It's also a great card to Kev Reserves in. Yeah. This um, is really good because Unicorn have a lot of abilities where their cards can just move in and move out but nothing else. And this is a great thing to kind of like double dip. And it's functionally, you know, a mass unbow for a lot of people. But 
Now for the other thing that was shown in this pack that I think enables Dyer to possibly see more play. We have gotten Maho spells. Why is it the first episode you're the co-host, we start talking about Maho? What the hell is up with that? Uh, perfect timing is what was up with that. Uh, Maho, for those of you who don't know, uh, is blood magic. It is the best kind of magic around, uh, and there's absolutely no downside to it. Use it freely. <laughs> uh, but the so in lore, Maho spells are dark, dangerous things, and we have seen only one Maho spell previously, I believe. Which was, uh, what the hell's the name of the card? Yeah, Spreading the Darkness, which was a bonsai that made you immune, but it cost two honor to play, because Maho is dishonorable. And it put this thing into, like, well, Maho exists, and the other Shadowlands cards existed, but they all cost you honor, and so they weren't really that playable. But what they've done here with these new spells for Maho is instead of costing honor, you pay their cost off of fate on your characters. Because your characters are sacrificing their life to cast this spell, basically. They are weakening themselves. So, as an example, one of the crab cards shown is Darkness Rising. A two-cost event, Maho spell, water, water roll only. This card's fate cost can only be paid for with fate on characters you control. Action. During a conflict, dishonor a friendly participating character. Bow each participating character with lower military skill than that of the dishonored character. Yep. These have very... These have relatively strong effects. The Phoenix one is a one-cost attachment. Uh, attached to an unbroken province you control, attached province gets plus three strength. As additional cost to declare one or more defenders during a conflict in attached province, you must lose one honor. So, it's this big boost of strength for a fight that you could drop out. It probably won't see plays, let's be honest. Nothing like this has really seen play before. But it's another example. Or the unicorn one, uh, Shadow Steed, is a one-cost attachment plus one military. Ancestral, attached character gains the cavalry trait, and action, if attached character has no fate on it, lose one honor, ready attached character. <laughs> yes. It's because it just keeps rising from the ashes, but it just keeps getting passed down. Applejack, you're back! Oh no! <laughs> yep. But what this allows you to do with this ability to spend fate off your characters... You can buy these dire characters, and your opponent has to consider, you know, steward of cryptic lore, it's kind of whatever. I'm going to defend with, you know, however much political defense. Well, it's possible for you to then drop the fate off of him and get plus three political skill while getting the effect of another card on top of it. And all of a sudden, the character is much more flexible. Well, is that enough for scholar, for steward of cryptic lore to see fate? I have no idea. But we may see dire cards that can work with that. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Down and stuff, but we have seen this idea of like, oh, this card doesn't isn't really that great by itself, but it will work with this card. And all that really happens is you get kind of like a really mediocre effect. 
where neither one of them are worth the sum of their parts at all and stuff. Dragon is kind of, currently has a drop of that stuff where, oh, this Kitsuki card is dumb, but you mix it with this also this other Kitsuki card, which is dumb, and together they form, you know, a really boring effect that it's not worth, you know, all the cards and setup that you just set bet to put it together, you know? Um, we'll see. I'm not... Uh, the Maho thing, I think, is more interesting, uh, just because the cards I see so far are a little bit more playable. I think that Steed is going to see something going on. I like the... I really like the art of Darkness Rising, the crab card, honestly. It's some really good art. Uh, I think it's too expensive to see really play. But then again, I don't know, because I could absolutely see a deck um, centered around Quesada or... Uh, what's his boy's name? Yakamo uh, yeah. doing this kind of thing, which are decks that already exist. It would not be too hard to put out... Um, to throw this thing on there. And freaking Crab are great generating money left and right anyway because they have that one character who keeps double tapping all their own uh, hold, uh, provinces. So, <laughs> talk about characters that need to get banned. And even if they hit zero honor or zero fate, Crab is like, eh, you don't get to die today anyway. Crab never have any freaking fate on them anyway and stuff. <laughs> Crab, I like, hey, if we're going to pre-nerf uh, some dire abilities, I hope there's no powerful dire crab cards because they're always going to get the dire effects. This is true. Um, and I did see some other things. So if you look at the Twisted Loyalties, the, uh, well, I don't know you have the link for you right now. No, this is Twisted Loyalties. Uh, Honor and Flames, the first card, uh, or the first pack they've previewed for the cycle. We're already seeing some other effects that are like, um, oh no, I was right. Twisted Loyalties is the first uh, pack. I'm sorry. Uh, some other effects that either manipulate fate on characters or do something to characters with zero fate on there. So they're definitely playing around with a a fate positive negative archetype across the board. Um, I'm gonna reserve judgment until I see it, but I just really hope this doesn't go the way the composure. So. <laughs> yep, and. We'll have to see. Is it's it's entirely possible that it does. It's entirely possible that it doesn't. I I at the very least like to see that they are experimenting with more things. That is not rally. <laughs> the one keyword that's working really well is the one that you wanted yeeted from the game. Yep. Well, all right. I think that's pretty good for our inaugural episode. Any final shout outs or thing you want to talk about right now? Um. I mean, I'll give another shout-out to the podcast for The Table is Yours. It is uh, our the lore-reading podcast where me, Trevor, and others read the stories that FFG puts out in fictions. Uh, it is mainly edited by Robert Croy and then uploaded for free for all of, for everyone who wants to listen. Uh, we are almost caught up to current-day fictions, as when this... Uh, episode goes live i would not be surprised if we have recorded every fiction currently out but they do release one at a time or one a week so it may be a couple weeks before they are all out oh you haven't been paying attention have you i mean we're uh, almost, almost there, there. as of, like one or two left so as of last weekend we were 100 percent caught up with all the recordings after i uploaded mine 
uh, yep, yep. almost a week ago. And then today, a dragon fiction appeared. So we are no yes. longer up to date. That, no, that's what I was saying. As, when this when this episode releases, we'll probably have that one recorded. Yeah, we're, we're pretty up there now. We're trying to figure out, like, oh, well, what do we read now every week to keep it on a weekly yep. schedule? So figure out how that yep. goes. Uh, let's see. I want to give my shout-outs to our sister podcast, the Court Games RPG Podcast, Hope and Hosted by uh, Kikita Kaori and uh, Mike over there. Um, oh, I was going to say Agasha Stilfer. That's not him. That's Finbar. Um, Korvar. Yeah. Why am I? Oh, boy. I keep uh, uh, blinking on his name. And I just did a podcast with him. So this is this is our first official Court Games uh, LCG podcast return. Not the first thing that's been uploaded to the channel. Earlier uh, this week... I uploaded an interview with Fred Wan, who was the continuity editor for the AEG version of the game for almost 15 years. So me and Mike uh, talked to him for a little bit, so please check that one out. Um, also part of the Court Game uh, Network, we have our new actual play podcast, Crimson Gold Agonies and Fortune and Strife. Uh, those things are on there, so if you would donate to the Patreon uh, you go to support um, this podcast, those podcasts, the Discord server, the website, www.courtgamespod.com. See, I wrote it down this time, uh, Max. <laughs> nice. I don't have to be the one who shouts it out this time. Not today. I took a, I put a <laughs> sticky note on my computer, so I'm a smart guy. <laughs> um, and everything else was going on. In fact, that was not an awkward uh, pause or edit. Um, the newest addition to the Court Games Podcast Network is Tokyo the Five Rings, uh, where we talk about, uh, the creation myth of Japan and how it relates to L5R in real life Shinto and Buddhist, um, religion. So, gr- interesting cultural points to take a look at. It's on YouTube. Uh, head over to, follow us on Court Games on the Facebook, Court Games on the Twitter, <laughs> the, uh, and Court Games, uh, and CourtGamesPod.com, too. Oh, you're just gonna come in? You're gonna try to step on me? <laughs> yes. I see how this is. And of course, follow us at CourtGamesPod.com. That's CourtGamesPod.com. You never, you know what? Never go to that other podcast with the freaking spider people because spider are yucky <laughs> maho users <laughs> maho is a part of the game now you have to accept us oh boy i can, <laughs> I can accept you with a dueling end of my sword <laughs> all right good night everybody <laughs>